I'm Dr. Amanda Kellogg, Assistant Professor of English at Radford University, and this is the Radford Writer's Desk, a podcast featuring Radford faculty and graduate students reading from their creative works. I'm Rick Van Oy, and I'm reading from a section of Sudden Spring, Stories of Adaptation in a Climate Change South. I'm reading from a piece that looks at changes seen to an island in Louisiana. Um, I first went to New Orleans to learn about what they were doing about climate change, and then I then learned about uh, so-called climate change refugees. Um, there's nearly $50 million reserved for relocations of the residents of the Isle de Jean Charles. The residents there have noticed changes to fishing, have experienced land loss, but they're vowing to stay, and the issue speaks to an important one for writing about climate change. We want to stay in a place we've gotten used to, and we seem to assume that a particular lay of land will remain fixed and constant, that trees will stay trees. Um, I have to mention to set this up that I'm there with my son and some of his friends who were college students on spring break. After visiting New Orleans, they were going to canoe and camp and some of the bayous. And when you cross the causeway to get to this island, you're greeted with a sign that says that residents don't want to leave and that, quote, if the island is not good, stay away. The creator of the sign was returning from fishing, riding his bicycle while holding his rod beside him. We debated talking to him. In the rural area where we live, I wouldn't normally just intrude on folks, nor would they like to be intruded on as they are suspicious of strangers. And the sign gave a kind of warning, stay away. But only if the island is not good, and it was good to us. I wanted to jump right into the issues. What do you think about leaving? Where would you go? But I knew the question that usually got fishermen talking, doing any good? Edison Dardar, late 60s, frothy white hair like sea foam, took a look at my car, canoe on top. Only a few mullet. He headed up to his house now, hosing off boots and gear. What do you normally catch? I approached slowly. Drum, flounder, trout, redfish. A lot of good fishing here, he said, pointing to an area behind his house, as if inviting me to try my luck. We talked some more. I could sense the pride in place, the land going back generations, even though some 98% of it has disappeared. Only a few structures remained, most on stilts. For many, you had to cross rickety bridges over canals to get to them. I finally asked about relocation. Why would I leave? There is fish here. People have always fished here. Many in Pirogue, he said, pointing to the upside-down contraption on my car's roof. They want me to go to Thibodeau. What am I going to eat there? Chicken, he said. He said chicken derisively. I asked about the money for relocation, a lot of it. He offered mistrust. They ain't going to give us no money. The island is thought to have been named after the father of a Frenchman who married into the tribe in the 1800s. The island road was not built until the 1950s. Access was only by water, so many continued to speak a French Cajun dialect. Some of the land loss was evident through the dying trees. Albert Nakin, chief of the Isle de Jean Charles Band, told Brett Anderson that the reason they live there is that we're forced to, we're frickin' Indians. I told the spring break crew about the reasons for the land disappearing erosion, rising sea levels, lack of soil renewal, subsidence, and changes due to dredging for oil and gas pipelines. 
At the edge of town was an orange escape pod shaped like a UFO that you see on drill rigs and ships to be used in case of a flood. The road out frequently floods during storms. The people on the island have been touted as the first climate change refugees, but taking in all those factors, we wondered if it was accurate. General Honoré said much of the loss is due to industrial damage. Are they industrial damage refugees? The Corps has said putting a levy around them is not cost effective, but why? Because they do not produce enough economically? Are they then not political or economic refugees because they did not have the clout to push for flood protection? We drove on through moss-draped oaks and shoulder-high marsh grasses, looking for someone to talk to. Night was falling, and two great horned owls appeared in bare-limbed live oaks, likely drowned by salt water. We got out of the car slowly, closing the door quietly, shushing the beeper that lets you know your keys are still inside, hoping to hear a call or snap a picture. But the owls flew away, as if having too much dignity to be photographed. We marveled at the silent flight, that they have been painted in caves, haunters of burial grounds, omens of death and destruction, is likely because they are creatures of night and therefore misunderstood. Owls can punch above their weight, taking species much larger than themselves. They are certainly not chicken. Leaving the island, we found an open door, lights on, someone to talk to. Two other Dardar kin, brothers of Edison, sat in chairs in a modest shack, drinking beer and watching the night fall. Wearing a saint's cap, one said friends call him Turtle. A bolt-action rifle lay on the table in front of them. This time I used the owl sighting as opening gambit, asking them if they saw the pair. The brothers assured me they were gentle and would not hurt us. The spring breakers joined me, all of us crowded in their doorway. A tiny green frog jumped on the top of a chair. We all noticed. I brought up relocation, the money to move. We're not leaving. Nobody signed papers, said one. Why leave, said the other. They had cold beer and a freezer for their bait. The radio played Benny and the Jets. Both of them smiled, wide beatific grins, not saying much, but pleased with their shack and beer and bait at the fag end of the world. Disappearing or not, rich or not, not. Those brothers were happy, and it was a sight I am glad the college students experienced. Not unlike those owls, they were content in the night and wanted to be left alone. So I began this book with the idea that I wanted to put a face on climate change to localize it. Um, we have graphs and data points and lots of information, but a lot of that's abstract and it's not connecting to people. And coming from English and the humanities, um, I know that people respond to stories, perhaps emotions, and language and good writing can, can tap into that and can image of people and place and create kind of a, a deep space in the mind, something that the data and the numbers just don't do. Um, I also come at this from creative nonfiction, where I try to weave in facts and interviews and, and immersion and travel and, and, and put that all together into a narrative, um, especially to communicate some of the complicated material um, so that it's understandable and hopefully interesting. The issue on the Isle de Jean Charles is really complex because it's about relocation. And when you're talking about relocation, you're talking about who is in and who is out and who owns the lands that will be left behind. And 
this is a small island of 25 or so families, and if we can't get the answers right there, it doesn't get any easier for large cities like New Orleans or Miami. When I was working on this book, several of the experts I talked to wanted to know why an English professor was interested in climate change. And, of course, writers of all stripes and colors have sought to comprehend the natural world, including novelists recently who write about climate change, because it's not just a scientific phenomenon, but a cultural one that leads to displacement and disruption and existential challenges. So as a teacher, I'm t I often talk to students about the complexities that are in these novels about climate change or other issues. And as a writer, I've always been fascinated by how humans value or devalue the landscapes they inhabit and by the stories we tell about our past and those we imagine for our future. Um, as a citizen, I simply wanted to know about more about uh, what is going on, particularly the fate of life on Earth, and why the issue of climate change has failed to take hold in certain corners, but has moved to center stage in others. Thank you for listening to the Radford Writer's Desk. For more information about our programs, our faculty, and our many opportunities for students interested in creative writing and graduate scholarship, please visit our website, www.radford.edu English.